You're listening to a Crossroads original podcast. Well, we're having some honest talks with our panel and moms about sharing their faith with their kids in practical ways. And we're helping parents whose teen and adult kids have chosen not to follow their faith to be free from shame and guilt as we share our personal stories of hope and redemption. That's coming up. From Crossroads Media, this is See Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks, season eight, episode number 37. Tyndale is set apart for several reasons. They're very invested, not only in your academic excellence, but also your spiritual growth. The best part of studying at Tyndale is the flexibility. Our professors, they work with us to help us get through the courses. They really care about me as a person. Come. You'll see the diversity that the kingdom of God has to offer. If you want to develop personally, I'd want to develop professionally. This is the place for you. Here, love and panel. Welcome, Nicole, tonight, Brooke. It's so good to have you guys back again with all of your knowledge and wisdom, <laughs> joy, love. I'll keep going. All the fun. <laughs> well, this is a really cool show because it's kind of like a two for one. We're talking about faith in our kids, but in two different segments. The first segment we're talking about is how to share our faith with our kids. And this came up because I have a number of young moms who are like, how do I share my faith with my kids without being manipulative, passive aggressive, um, too much, and making it really natural for who I am to share my faith with my kids. And then the second part of the show is because I have friends who are a little older who are really struggling with embarrassment, shame, and guilt because their kids are not following Jesus. They're not following their faith. And how do they reconcile that? So that's why I brought you all on Mm. to answer these questions and to solve all of it. No pressure. (laughs) No pressure. So let's start with the first one. Talking to our friends who are young moms, young parents, who are like, how do I share my faith with my kids? So we all have kids. So Brooke, you're shy is... Just almost two. Almost two. Yeah. And then tonight you're... I have three that are three to nine. Three to nine. Mm Mm-hmm. I have a daughter who's 26, and then I've got two stepsons who are 22 and 25. Okay, and then I have two teens, 16 and 18. So really in all different stages. So we're all in different stages. (laughs) Okay, so there's a lot of like wisdom that can come out of this. So let's start with what are some of the struggles and challenges that you have faced, that you may face, you think you might face, you have faced in sharing Jesus with your kids? Has there been any struggles or weirdness about it? So I think we have to be honest about that sometimes it can be. Yeah, yeah I think for me it was definitely um, a struggle and sometimes still is because I don't want to teach my kids the faith the way I learned it. Mm-hmm. And so because I want to do things differently, it's kind of like I don't know where to start. Um, what what resources, like where do I, how do I do this thing? And so there's a bit of a disorientation there. Um, and then it's also really vulnerable. Like I want my kids to be Christian and I want to pass this down, but how do I do it in a way that's meaningful and that they can understand based on their developmental stage, right? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's good. Wow. Yeah. But for you, because you're coming into where Shai will be like, you know, maybe asking some questions or how will you and Steve 
yeah, you know, share your faith. Such an interesting conversation for me because Shiloh, she's, only, she's not even two yet, so obviously I can't have conversations with her. Yeah. But Shiloh comes everywhere with us. She's been involved in like a hundred nights of worship and, since she's been born. Mm -hmm. And just the other day, I was singing my song, Still I Will, and I stopped. And she's over there and she goes, praise. Mm -hmm. And I have never heard her do that before. I didn't even know she could, like, she had the ability to do that. Wow. Mm -hmm. And it was actually a reminder to me that like, oh, she's watching my life. Mm -hmm. She's listening to my life. Mm -hmm. And like for me at this stage anyways, like just to be very intentional about how I live as a follower of Jesus, because my little one, mm -hmm. she's picking everything up. Yeah, that's yeah. so good. And mm -hmm. I, I, I think too what we, what we, because it's so personal for us, because our faith is so personal it's, and, and it's something that we, that we live out personally and almost privately, yeah. that we, we lose track of how to communicate that in a way developmentally appropriate for our children. Yeah. One of the things that I've been hearing a lot from moms too is because we read our Bible on our phone a lot, a lot of houses are missing Bibles on the table, wow. Bibles mm. on, the, on the coffee tables. And uh, I think that's a really beautiful way to start sharing our faith with our kids is that they can see the tattered Bible on the coffee table and they can see their parents reading and, and just even mentioning God mm -hmm. and Jesus and talking mm -hmm. about faith as naturally as if he's right in the room with us, mm -hmm. I think is a great place to kind of start just making that familiar. Yeah, oh, wow. and I think it's gotta be natural because I think there's sometimes, and I'll be honest with about me, because Chris and I are in the work mm -hmm. of mission, sometimes I'm not as intentional. I, I kind of like go about my day and just assume that I'm talking about Jesus or I'm, that they, they get it. And I think you're right that how we speak and how we bring Jesus into the conversation. But there are times where I'm like, I could have been a little bit more intentional in that conversation. Mm -hmm. right. But sometimes I've made assumptions about my kids or I'm just like, sometimes honestly, I'm just too lazy to talk about it. I mean, I know that that's weird to say as a, you know, as a bonus parent, but sometimes I'm just like, oh, yeah. you know, then it's the effort and everything else. And I think that's one of the challenges I have. Yeah of again, being really intentional and thoughtful about doing it and making it kind of a rhythm mm -hmm. in my life. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, like I think that's one of, the, one of the struggles. So we're talking about, you know, again, thinking of our friends who are like, how do we do this? Mm -hmm. How would you naturally share with your kids? What are some things that you do, we should do for boys, for girls? It's different yeah. on how we kind of communicate and are with them. Mm -hmm. What would you say? Mm -hmm. I mean, I have all girls, so okay. we're all talkers. Everyone <laughs> likes to communicate, um, but we also like to be together. And so some things that we've done in our house is create those rhythms. And so on Sundays, we have a little worship night where everyone gets to pick a song and we get to sing together. Oh, and, I, and I think thanks to COVID, like that kind of birthed mm -hmm. these like rhythms in our home. And so everyone can look forward to that. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then even like prayer requests, right? We all have prayer requests, not mm -hmm. just the kids, but also me and my husband and looking towards the kids to pray for us as well and so these little rhythms and like routines and traditions I think have become staples in our home mm -hmm. and I think they've helped us to um, share it naturally with the kids. So what worked for you with your daughter? Just organic conversations in the car, worship music in the background, mm -hmm. asking questions like I wonder what's going on for this for this woman as she's as she's singing her music or that she as she's written mm -hmm. these lyrics or I just love the you know hearing what people's relationships are with the Lord and and in my life there's been a, a, a God rescued me and from that story I'm able to just talk about that rescue very openly so I think just or, just that kind of 
organic organic conversations. I love that. Like I feel like I'm mentally taking notes. Like, <laughs> yeah. spoke because like just inviting them into our struggle, mm -hmm. like even the everyday struggles, you know, and allowing the kids to know like we're Christian because we need Jesus, mm -hmm. not right. because I have it all together. Mm -hmm. yes. And obviously, age appropriately, like sharing some of those things along the way. Yeah, yeah I like that. Yeah. I think, too, I mean, again, the other thing about going to church, forcing your kids to youth group every night, all of this stuff. I mean, these are all things from, like, family of origin. And I think for us, like, we took the kids to church. We talk, you know, Chris and I talk a lot about Jesus very in a very personal way. So there's no way that you could come in and not know that we follow him. Mm -hmm. yes. And yeah. so I think it's the organic. Yeah. But there is a point where... You know, sometimes it does do the adverse when you force a kid to go to church and you mm -hmm. force them to go to Sunday school and you force them to go to youth group. Because it's like you want your kid to be immersed in this. Yeah. But on the other side, because I was a kid and I know that it also sometimes did the opposite mm -hmm. when it wasn't a, you didn't enjoy it or it wasn't a choice for you mm -hmm. and you felt it was your parents doing it. Yeah. Did you guys find that? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, I think of my family. You know, I am like, I've always been a Jesus loving, church going believer because that's how my parents brought us up. But I also have uh, a brother who does not go to church. And even when in his teenage years, my parents would like make us go to church, he was just like, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, you can do the thing as the parent mm -hmm. to both kids the same way and the way they respond to it. Like, so it's like, mm -hmm. it's hard. Like I, I, I'm nervous for when Shiloh gets that old and I have to make those decisions of like, I just hope she chooses know the yeah. right way and yeah. a lot of us were raised in a way that like when you went to church that equals salvation and mm -hmm. so when your kids staying at home that means they're not saved right. or they're not Christian enough mm -hmm. so I think breaking away from that um, comparison or that um, that doesn't it doesn't equate each other right one yeah. doesn't equate the other mm -hmm. but I think for me growing up the greatest gift my parents gave me was allowing me to go to a different church when mm -hmm. once I was like 14 mm -hmm. 15 years old like I didn't go to the same church as them because another church had a better like youth group there were more young people there and I just felt more comfortable and so I think I was allowed to like own my own faith and that helped me and I think them trusting me that I was going there um, was also so beneficial. Yeah. Wow. I think that's good. I mean all of these points because I think really listening to your kids, like spending time with them, how is your day? How are you showing Jesus? You know, how are you going to show Jesus in your day today? And then at the end of the day, you know, a worship time, prayer time, how was your day? And I think Again, what you're all saying, this organic, natural way of just living out your faith mm -hmm. for your kids to watch, mm -hmm. for your kids to look and, and, and model. Mm -hmm. And then I think at the end of the day, as they get older, it's like we did our best mm -hmm. to show you mm -hmm. and now you have to choose. Mm -hmm. So I think these are all really, really good points. And so I think that's going to encourage people who are listening to say, here are some things that we need to do. But again, mm -hmm. knowing your child, each individual one, mm -hmm. and then having sort of an organic, natural relationship mm -hmm. is the best way. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for your thoughts. Well, I recently went to an event in Oakville, Ontario, where I interviewed some moms and how they're sharing their faith with their kids in creative and practical ways. And I even spoke with some teenagers on if their parents are doing it right. And when we come back, we'll be sharing with you our thoughts when kids choose not to follow Jesus and how not to live in regret and shame and guilt because of it. That's coming up. So tell me what is the most effective way you think parents should share their faith, share Jesus with their kids? To show kindness towards others around them and to their kids. Be loving and kind. Doing a Bible study with them or reading the Bible with them. 
mom considered using this devotional with their sons or daughters? Well, I have eight children and five of them are boys. And the boys that I have, some are talkative and verbal and some of them are not. And what I observed with my non-talkative children is that they wrote down in their journal, or actually through text, because I did both. I did, uh, with the younger ones I used the journal, with my older ones I used text. So they looked at the um, verses and then they shared through text what they had been learning. And I got things out of them on paper, paper uh, that they would never have said to me uh, in person or just walking and talking. So there's something about the written word that gets something to talk. And I've heard things out of my voice I've never heard before. It was really beautiful. I think the most valuable thing that I've learned from this devotional is the, the memories that we cherish, the memories that we're building, the intimate times that we're having, just memorizing scripture and sharing our thoughts and ideas about what the scriptures mean, um, sharing how they're impacting us. Um, the way the way it impacts my children is different from how it impacts me as an adult. Um, so I, I just cherish the interactions and the moments that we can share, conversations that we're having. I hope they cherish it too. It was fun, like reading to Psalm 119 and writing back and forth through the uh, journal. It really made me feel loved from my mother. Uh, and I hope she communicates with her mom and her family. It strengthens your faith when reading Psalm 119 with your mom. Season 8 is all about getting to know you, the See Her Love community. Here are four ways to connect. Number one, watch See Her Love anytime and anywhere on YouTube and Castle Media. Number two, listen to the See Her Love podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Number three, engage by visiting seeherlove.com or my personal favorite, follow at seeherlove on Instagram. Finally, number four, give to See Her Love in Crossroads by visiting seeherlove.com slash give. changed. It's all changed. But the Word of God remains unchanged. I love listening to those women and teenagers at the event just with their ideas of how to share their faith with boys and girls. It was really, really fun. But now we're going to transition into our second part about some of my friends who feel guilty, uh, shame even, embarrassment that their kids aren't following Jesus. And they went to church, they did devotions, they did worship night, they immersed them into a world of faith and Christianity, and yet their kids, even older teenagers to like 20-somethings aren't following Jesus. So what would your thoughts and advice be to them? Because I feel like you're gonna help me help them by what you share, because I, I, I wanna know how to to speak with them um, as they're kind of going through this. Nicole, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would just say hang in there mm-hmm. because much like you know what you've said too in your life is, uh, my parents did so much right. They got us heavily involved in church. So we were an active family in the church and they raised us to be strong Christians. And, and when I was a teenager, I just made some decisions. And so I went the other direction and I lived for several years without following the Lord. And uh, and he pursues his kids. Mm-hmm. And so what my parents did, I'm sure that they wore holes on the floor and they're with their knees trying to pray me through that, but they loved me. They had open arms for me. There was no judgment. It was just love. And I always had a place with them. 
and, and because he pursues his kids, yeah. I, I came yeah. home. And, uh, and I don't know that I can speak for everybody's story, but, but we do know that we serve a God who, who goes and he gets his kids and, and our kids are more valuable to him than they are to us even. Yeah. And he wants them home even more than we do. Yes. So hang in there, parents. Hang in there, parents. Yeah. I like so that, beautiful. hang in there. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would advise parents to grieve a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. because we all have this imagined future for our kids. And when we get to those places and things don't pan out the way we hoped, it's sad mm -hmm. and it's heavy. And so grieve any way you know how, you know, submit that grief to God and focus on the present because you could still have a more imagined future, like things that you're thinking of in the future, mm -hmm. like that you want to see them see happen and kind of predict if my kid continues on this path, this is where they're heading, but that is not your job. Your job is not to futurize, yeah. you know, it's not helpful. And so just focus on the present and grieve what you've lost mm -hmm. in the present. That's so good mm -hmm. tonight, like giving permission to grieve. Yeah. Because sometimes you're just like, suck it up, mm -hmm. hang in there, front, manage, don't let anybody know actually what's going on in our family mm -hmm. so that we look like the perfect Christian <laughs> family. Yeah. No. no, like I think the grieving and, and allowing trusted people to come in and grieve with yes. you mm -hmm. and, yes. and, 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 and then helping them and you know, one another saying, hang in there. Like yeah. be that community says, hang in there. Mm -hmm. We've got your kid. Yeah. That's really good. I was often, um, when, I was, when I had come back to the Lord, I thought, you know, I'm just over here building my testimony. And I think that, um, you know, we all have our different journeys and we are, God can use every single piece of our story. Yeah. And uh, sometimes that mess touches other people that think they're too far gone for God. And it can help people feel like, okay, there is a homecoming possible for me. I'm not too far gone for God. Yeah, that's, that's good. Right. Yeah. That's right. Not too far gone. Well, as you yeah. were talking, I was reminded of um, Psalm 23, where it just says, um, every day your love and goodness follows me. And mm -hmm. I think like for, for parents to speak that over the lives of their children, mm -hmm. because like you said, it's really sad and it's really painful when your children's life doesn't pan out the way you thought or hoped or dreamt it would. Mm -hmm. uh, and just to remember that like, like you said, God loves them more than you do. Mm -hmm. If you can even fathom that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just to remain in that truth, grieve, feel your pain, but remain in the truth. Mm -hmm. yeah. Good. You know, as you were saying about your parents, you know, part of my story and testimony is that my parents prayed like every night. So when I was out clubbing in Toronto and doing all kinds of things as a prodigal uh, girl would do, and for those who don't know, prodigal, it's like, you know, literally leaving my faith and anything about God and going my own way. Mm -hmm. And my parents prayed. Yeah. Like prayed, prayed. And they're just like, God, have somebody connect with Melinda. Yeah. God, protect Melinda. Yeah. And for years I ran away. For years I didn't want to do anything with God, with church, mm -hmm. with accountability, because I wanted fun, mm -hmm. yeah. validation, yeah. dancing, everything. And yet you're right, God pursues, because when I hit rock bottom, because mm -hmm. there always seems to be that, sure. and I could not go any yeah. more, any further, I had a choice. And it was like God, it was like whispers. Mm -hmm. It was drunk people, and I sure started talking to me about my life, all these people that God put in my, my path to say, it's time, come home. Mm -hmm. Like, it's enough, Melinda, you yeah. know, like what a disaster right. it really was. But, yeah. and so I made the decision. And so, you know, you're right. I think hang in there and grieve. And I think, you know, it's, that's part of, you know, I think encouraging people who are like, I did all I can, all I could. Yeah. And one more thing, like the consistent thing, theme I've heard with your parents and yours is that your parents created a home where you belonged regardless yeah. mm -hmm. of yes. your faith. 
and like everyone wants to belong and so I belong in this home and that you love me and like the prodigal son's father like when I come home you're going to be running towards me with open arms. I think that's it. Yeah. I think that I, you're right. I always had a home that I could go to that I was loved no matter what. I mean did they approve of the decisions? No. Not at all. <laughs> but did they love me? A hundred percent. Unconditionally. Yeah. Unconditionally. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really really key is you know as we're sharing our stories you know, and, and I don't, you know, we're kind of getting glimpses of our own stories of sort of going away from God. What was it that brought you back? Mm -hmm. What was it that brought you back? Or even in like, I mean, again, it doesn't have to be a big, grandiose story, but what has brought you back to God? Because I think that's something we could pray into, but also be hopeful about too. I feel like, I was going to say a second ago, and I had to stop myself from <laughs> bursting into tears, but <laughs> I think my mom as a prayer warrior and just like such a faithful woman that even when I wasn't serving the Lord or making right decisions, like she always stayed the course and like whatever it was that she faced in her life, it was all, she would always turn it to be about Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so I, I hope that doesn't sound too cliche, but that's just the kind of woman my mom is. Mm -hmm. She's a very unique, special woman. And, and I think honestly her faithfulness, mm -hmm. um, like reined me back in and reminded me of like, Oh, I could be like her if I if I smartened up. <laughs> yeah. And I want to be like her, you know? Yeah. So it was um That's powerful. Yeah. That is really powerful. It's a good reminder to me, you know, yeah. as now I have a little girl to like yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. be faithful, stay the course and That's good. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um I I hit a rock bottom several years ago when my husband of almost twenty years decided that he was done with our marriage. And um while I had a relationship with the Lord, I didn't have a really intimate relationship with the Lord. And I, I say I was launched into the valley of rejection and betrayal and I face planted hard. And the valley is God's best workbench. Mm. And, uh, and so he, went, he rushed in and he scooped me up in that valley. Wow. And, um, and this is the redemption story, mm -hmm. right? So mm -hmm. I'm so grateful for the valley because I'm way better um, after being broken than I was before. Yeah. And, uh, and so he puts, he puts together, he does the beauty for ashes thing. And so that was the homecoming piece for me ultimately, because I think we can walk at a distance with the, with the Lord mm -hmm. and, and say, we've got that. But when, when we have that, um, for many of us, I learned the hard way. Uh, when we have that crash course, mm -hmm. uh, there's no going back. I'm a, I'm a faithful follower on this side of the valley. And nobody wants their kids to crash. To crash, they don't. But, but if the Lord can come and meet yeah. the kids in yeah. the valley like that, then oh, like, okay, yeah. we trust you, Lord. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Right? And the tears and the grieving and the and that's hard. That's, the valley's hard, hard, yeah. hard. Mm -hmm. um, but it's fruitful Yeah, yeah. when yeah. we lean on him. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, again, like my parents with, you're saying love, unconditional love and praying. And there is something I, I want to remind parents about is that God is always pursuing your kid. Mm -hmm. Like he loves your kid yeah. enough to use incredible means yeah. to try to bring them back. Yeah. But then again, it's, and we've talked about this at some point though, as your, as your child becomes an adult, they have a choice to make. That's right. And you can't be manipulative or try because a relationship with anybody, if it's manipulated, isn't love. That's right. It's not a relationship. And you want your child to be in a, in a true loving relationship with mm -hmm. Jesus. Yeah. And so that's hard. There's also that grieving if they, as an adult, choose not to go that way. Yeah. But I think love is the best thing. Praying, grieving, modeling your faith. I think my for my parents too, as missionaries, modeling faith no matter what mm -hmm. helped me go, okay, I've seen my parents go through some really tough things in Asia and now I see them. And so thank you. Those wonderful stories. Mm -hmm. and, and I just love that there is hope. 
there's hope for your child yes. mm -hmm. if they have gone away from the faith mm -hmm. because God loves them yeah. so much. Well, I can't wait to hear from Trifina, who's in the studio right now. Share about her thoughts on sharing your faith with your kids or if your kids have have left the faith. And she's going to be talking from Mark 12, 30 to 31. Hey, Trifina, we're ready to hear from you and excited to hear what you have to say. Hey, Melinda. Hey, ladies. It is so great to be in studio today just to be witness to your own journeys and your own conversation around parenting. I personally am so glad we're having this conversation because honestly, parenting can be a lot. Having to sift through the countless parenting philosophies, I find that to be very overwhelming. I often find myself in these moments of overwhelm returning to Mark chapter 12, where Jesus is confronted by a teacher of the law and is asked of all the laws, what is the most important? Keep in mind at that time, the Jewish people had over 600 laws they were required to follow. And I love how Jesus answers this in verse 30. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. Note he didn't say to love your neighbor instead of yourself, but there's an implied command to care for self in there. What if we were to take Jesus at his word? Not that the hundreds of parenting philosophies aren't so important, but what would it look like for us to pause and allow Jesus's priorities to become ours, to honestly love God, love our neighbor, which in this case is our children, and to love ourselves? What would happen if we allowed ourselves to show up authentically before God, which let's be honest is everywhere, in all of our beautiful and messy parts? What would it look like to love God with our heart, a heart that may or may not be triggered by our child's strong emotions, a soul that may be feeling weary and discouraged, a mind that's constantly racing with that never ending to-do list, or a strength that doesn't always feel very strong? To show up in all of this messy beauty is authentic and loving to God. And what if we were to love our children for who they are in their messy beauty, in their eccentricities, their creativities, their anxieties, their neuro neurodivergences, all of it. This is sharing in that love. One of the hardest parts of parenting is that it's not linear. In every part of the world, one plus one will equal two. But in parenting, one plus one can equal negative 53. So be gracious with yourself. Honor God in the way you show up authentically and when the results of parenting don't look the way you want them to. Can we go back to the simple question? The one thing Jesus asks of us, what does love require of me? Thank you, Trifina. That was fantastic. So ah, you can yeah. kind of breathe after that. Like, okay, everything's going to be okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What does love require of us? Mm -hmm. Your thoughts about what she shared? Yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. Oh, I love that she said one plus one around the world equals yeah. two. But like when it comes to parenting, it does not always equal two, especially, you know, from family to family. Mm -hmm. But I mean, what does love require of us? It just requires of us to do our best, to give what we can, what we know, how, like the best way we know how. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so convicting because like um, we all love our children, mm -hmm. you know, but what does our love look like? Mm -hmm. And how might we be communicating certain things that don't look like love? don't feel like love. <laughs> and it's like, oh, really challenged me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's good. And the, the love piece, what does love look like as a parent is, it, it might look different with different children. Mm -hmm. And so what her word kind of uh, reminded me of is, um, you know, as a good parent, God, how does God love us? He lets us be the people he's designed us to be. Yes. Yes. And to watch your children kind of be their own person and to love them through that mm -hmm. is powerful too. Mm -hmm. You know, I think that is powerful because a lot of times we want our kids to be what we want them to be. Mm -hmm. yeah. yes. We want them to look like us and speak like us mm -hmm. and be really respectful. I mean, of course, that's good. But being what we want yeah. 
And in what Trifina was just saying, it's like love requires different things. Yeah. Love can require letting go of control. That's right. And love can require, you know, wanting them to be the way we want because that's what love requires. That's and right. when, when God looks at us, I wonder what he thinks of us <laughs> and continues to love us. So that's really yes. powerful. Any last encouragement or thoughts to a mom struggling, like, want to share my faith, help me, help me. This has been really rich. But is there any last minute encouragements? Rock with you. Well, I think, her. like, yeah, to speak out, like, with what you said, Sinead, uh, sometimes it's hard to say the things that you want to say about Jesus to your kids because you don't want to come off a certain way or, you know, bring in your own childhood traumas or whatever. Um, so just, like, live it out. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Just just be faithful and, and just show that you love Jesus with how you live and how you interact with others. And your kids, they're taking note. Yeah. They are. Yeah. Good. I guess embracing the imperfections. Like, you are going to sound cheesy sometimes. <laughs> sometimes <laughs> it's not going to make any sense. Your yep. kids are, might be bored that you're trying to do devotion. But, like, just keep trying. Yeah. Pivot if necessary. It's going to be messy. It's not going to be linear. But God is with you, right? And right. Jesus is holding your hand as you walk through this road of parenting. And you're not alone through it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And it's okay to let your kids know this is really important to me and I don't really know how to share it actively with you and to be curious in the response and, and requiring responses from your kids. Like just sit in curiosity, I think is uh, just creating that space where comfortable dialogue and safe dialogue can happen. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, Nicole Sinaitbrook, thank you so much for your wisdom and for your shared experiences and just for so much. Thank you. Thank you so much for being with us. And to viewers and listeners, I hope that what we shared really encouraged you and resonated with you. Let love drive everything. Let love be the thing. If you want more information, seeherelove.com and know as you parent when it's minus 53 and not two, (laughs) know that you are seen, heard, and deeply loved by God. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for listening to See, Here Love, the podcast with Melinda Estabrooks. Stay connected with our daily posts and stories on Instagram or Facebook at See, Here Love, or join our newsletter at www.seeherelove.com.